And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Gentlemen, dens and days, ghouls and ghosties, welcome to Dead Time Stories Alive at Last! Thank you. Now, because podcasts are usually an audio medium, I am here to say that I am neither Stephanie nor Sarah. I am Christina. And behind me, I have the lovely Eric handling all of the technical side. So we're ready to have some fun. And I know you guys are here to have some fun. So. Exactly. Before we get started, I have just a couple questions just to see where we're at, just to see how we're doing. The first one, real easy, be honest. How many of you have actually stopped and gone back to the first episode? Right, same. <laughs> I know, right? Number one spot. That's why we're there. But that's actually kind of impressive. Ah. How many of you, and be honest, have absolutely no idea what is about to happen tonight? Yes! Awesome. Well, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I'll be real gentle, and we're about to... Pop this cherry for you, okay? So, those of you who have been around, you know, but for those of you who might not, there is one special question that we ask when we head from the banana turd into the stories. And that question, Eric, if you will please go to the next slide, is are y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? So we are gonna do this together We've got a little bouncing ball. It's ready. We're going to start it in just a second. On the count of three, everyone together, we'll do it nice and easy. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts, all right? So one, two, three. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Oh, gosh. The way you hit those S's right there, that is key. That's like the point. That's like the whole reason, all right? I love it, I love it. Are we gonna do it one more time before we actually bring out the stars of the show? Woo! All right, one more time, Eric. Again, we're gonna do count of three. One, two, three. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Oh, mwah. chef's kiss, lovely, love it. All right, let's get the people we're really here for out on this stage. Everyone, put your paws together for Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison!
Are you kidding I me? I said I was getting Seriously? this dress from Sheen. We talked about this. I said I was getting this dress. Okay. This is some bullshit. Okay, let's show off the let's show off the dress. Let's do it. Now let's hear it for the back of the dress. Let's get seated. Nope. Oh, oh God. We didn't think this part through. <laughs> we did not think this. We will be repurposing these dresses for Halloween when we go as um, Morticia Adams and Lily Munster. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, hi everybody. I'm Stephanie, and I'm Sarah, and this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, cults, conspiracies, mysteries. We talk about the supernatural, paranormal, or just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about. And why is that, Sarah? Oh, that's because it's our show and and not yours. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, As I was going to say, uh, and Christina gave you a little taste, uh, if this is your first time and you've never listened to the podcast, stop, Stop. leave, go home, start from episode one, uh, and then we'll wait for you. That's a lie. We will not be waiting for you, but I do encourage you to go home and start from the beginning so you can catch up. But if you didn't know, this is our 200th episode. (laughs) Yes. I know. That's how I feel. We started back in 2018. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Still at the bottom. Still at the bottom. (laughs) Or back at the bottom. Uh, Anyway, we were originally planning a live episode for episode 100, which was going to be in March March. of 2020. We were in the works. We were talking to the lovely people here at Frankie Bradley's, you know, putting out some feelers at a few places. uh, And then... 2020 happened, uh, and we just kept putting it off, and we didn't know if it would ever happen. So we are very, very excited to have you all here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm super excited. Yes. Yes, please make some noise, because even though we are up here on the stage and we have these mics and stuff, this is being recorded for the 200th episode. That's correct. So let people know that you did come see us. People did come out. Uh, And also, we have a live stream going. So to the people that could not join us here at Frankie Bradley's, thank you so much. Hi, Zach, for joining us at home. And everyone else, we really, really appreciate it. And Greg. Oh, Oh, we know who these people are. Trust me, it's exciting. (laughs) Believe me. See, yes. I don't know if the cats are watching. We didn't. We didn't leave it on at home. That's RB. Um, but anybody who is right. leaving it on at home for their cats. Hello. Hello. The show usually starts with a little bit of banter. Sarah, hi. How's it going? I'm okay. You're okay. Just. <laughs> just okay. <laughs> 
It's exciting to be here, yes? It's so exciting. I think I've pooped four times today. I've been You've so pooped nervous. at least twice just here. I know. Bradley. I, how, how was I going to fit into this dress? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Had to let it all go, right? Had to let it out. But yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. Like you said, it's been a long time coming. It is very odd to have an audience to feel like I need to play to because normally I am just it's talking just the two to of you. Us. And we are in Eric and Mary Angela's studio. Used to be their basement. Now it used it's to be their, their basement. Third floor. Then they moved into a different house and their studio moved to the third floor. So moving now on up. Moving on up literally from to Mary top. Angela's basement to Mary Angela's third floor. So yes. it's uh, really cool. Uh, but we want to thank Mary Angela and Eric who have yes. helped support the show from episode one, made it possible. Thank you, Eric, who you can't see, but I promise he's real and he's here. He's there. And he's behind the curtain. Much like the Wizard of Oz, he's the man that's behind the curtain. Making all of the magic happen. 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 As he has since episode four, five? Well, I think the first, yeah, the first four. four we recorded when we were roommates in the house together. I know. We don't live together anymore, but, we, but we're still friends and podcasters. You know what's, uh, you know what's funny? Here we go. Here's the banter you guys can uh, experience. This, this is real life. You know what's really funny? Is uh, I've been going back and I've been listening to the podcast from the beginning because we take our own she's advice. She's a real fan. <laughs> And it's been really, really fun to listen to us talk about how we started on the floor of my bedroom, which was right next to your bedroom and the house that we shared with our good Correct. friend Sawyer, who was born down in Mississippi on a hot um, summer down day. Down by the bayou. By the bayou. Not in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but it's about outside. But like far away. New York City, so it's outside Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yeah, in case you're wondering. That's also a Sawyer impression, if you're not familiar. Uh, which means you didn't stop and it's go back and listen to the It's a real niche reference. But. Listening to all of that and going back, it's been really fun to hear us talk about living together. And then we were only 10 or 11 episodes into the show when we moved out and stopped living together. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember, I listened today to the episodes <laughs> of us talking about. I remember it like it was yesterday when I listened to it today. I remember it like it was this morning. And it was very it warmed my heart to hear us talk about, oh, my God, we're not going to be living together anymore, but we're still going to do this show for y'all. And we do. We're 200 episodes. We have been doing this show longer than we live together. That's true. That's and we accurate. did it through a panty. Through a pa through a panini. We're still in a panini. Through a pandemonium. We're still doing it. It's still here. We're here. And so are me and you. It's been amazing. It's very fun and exciting. So happy 200 episodes, Sarah. Happy 200 episodes, Stephanie. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Where there's a will, there's a microphone, and there's a way like any white man knows. So. <laughs> Does she lie? No. Uh, so continuing <laughs> on. We encourage you to laugh, to have a good time. I mean, don't. Please. Don't heckle, but you know, like jokes and uh, and laughs are encouraged. I mean, heckle if you, you want. We're to ready. add to the conversation, but there you. Thank that, you. We'll take that heckle. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Um, but if you've never listened to the show, just an idea. We're each going to tell you a little story or a little snippet about a thing that we read or a thing that we find interesting, and we tend to we tend to interrupt each other with jokes and questions yes. about the story. So if you have a pretty pressing, relevant question or joke. Raise your hand. Are you going to call on them? No. <laughs> <laughs> but raise your hand. 
But rea- reacting heavily is encouraged. Was that mine? Did mine do that? That was Mark. I think he's saying it was Charlie. Kick him out. <laughs> so I think that Christina primed you earlier, but uh, when we move from the banter into the show section, we ask a little question, but we're going to move into the next slide from the one that you just saw because we're going to have somebody ask that wonderful, marvelous question with us. And uh, is everybody ready to ask the question with us? Hold on. One more? One more. That's that's it. Get ready. That's the question. You practiced. And we're going to go to the next slide. And we're going to hit play and say it with this lovely man. Y'all ready to talk about About some ghosts? And that is our lovely friend, Leslie Jordan. That's Leslie. We love you, Leslie. We love Leslie Jordan. He doesn't know we exist, but we love him. He knows because I bought that cameo. (laughs) Uh, And I actually bought that cameo for our 100th episode. (laughs) That tells you how long this has been in the making. Two years. All right. Sarah. Stephanie. What uh, are we asking again? I don't know. We didn't do it for real. All right. Sarah, Stephanie, hey, audience, y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Oh, it's beautiful, like music to my ears. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? I'm talking about some ghosts. All right, let's get to the next slide. Next slide, please. Oh, that's that's Leslie again. Isn't he precious? There it is. Hey! Let me get my notes. If you listen to the show, you know the sound means Sarah did her research. Today, we are talking about Getters Island in Easton, Pennsylvania. Okay. Woo! Okay, yes. Thank you. Yeah, Some right? enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is an island in the Delaware River. Okay. You, uh, you might notice here, just to give you an idea. Oh, she's got, got a laser Pennsylvania. On that side. Okay. And then we've got New Jersey on that side. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Val's getting a flipping off from him over there. Wow. Hey, I'm from Jersey, We are one slide in, ladies and gentlemen. One I slide. I love this. I love this. So once again, Getters Island, this is what we're talking about. This is my bit. Do you like it? I love it. Thank you. Uh, Pennsylvania, that side. Jersey, boo, that side. (laughs) Getters Island is an island in, you might see, the Delaware River. Okay. It's about six acres long. Thought to be first discovered or first documented in 1701 by a fur trader of Swedish interests. You mean that's when the white people first found it? Yes, 100%. So when the white people first found it. There were definitely native people before the 1700s. You got ahead of me, but 100%. (laughs) That's what the natives did for the Europeans. They got ahead of them, too. Here we go. Not not enough. 200th episode. Yes. So, of course, this island has existed long before the white man fucking came over here. But our first known document is when the white man decided he wanted That's to talk about it. That's when white people wrote it down. Written down by a white fur trader of <laughs> Swedish 
ancestry, white, white, white. <laughs> His name's Jean-Hans Stillman. Yeah, it is. Here's what's funny about him, and the only reason I mention, only reason I mention him. Opa, here we go. Jean Hans, his father was exiled to Delaware for cutting down one of the King of Sweden's prize cherry trees to make a comb for his horse. Okay. Gotta suck. You gotta hate it when that happens. Uh, so he got exiled to Delaware because he cut down a tree. You can't just pick up a horse comb anywhere, okay? You gotta cut, you gotta down, cut down a tree. A cherry tree to make your horse comb. But you don't do it in Every the King's Sweet orchard. Every Swede knows that. Well, apparently not, because he's not exiled the to Delaware. He was like, that's my cherry tree. <laughs> Hold on, I have to find it. This is what happens when we really record, and you guys don't hear it, because I Sarah cut it out. Because Sarah edits this part out. Bam. You're welcome. Joke's on you. <laughs> you paid for this. <laughs> the island sat dormant until it was deeded to the inhabitants of Easton by the sons of William Penn. And the first documented owner was a man named Jacob Abel, one of the richest men in Easton. He ran the ferry between Easton and Phillipsburg, and he owned a popular tavern. Blah, 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 blah. But this story is about Getter's Island, not Abel's Island. Eric, next slide, please. <laughs> Thank you. Seemed like a normal run-of-the-mill dude. Uh, <laughs> who is named the island for? What's his problem? Dark history and one ornery ghost. Oh, I mean, most, to be fair, most ghosts are ornery. Real ornery, but he's stuck on, again, this six-acre section of island. Okay. Now you got the college over here. Yeah. You, you said, yeah, I, I was looking at that. I saw the trolley stop diner. Yeah. There's a yeah, Is that nice? There's a brewery over here. Mm -hmm. Is that nice? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're focusing on this area. Yes, but the, I got it. The Getters Island. Right where there. the you are here location dot is. Getters. Sure, 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 sure. Getters Island. No, again, it's not named Abel's Island. Yes, it is so, Getter's I got it. I get it. I got it. I so, got her's Island. Fuck no, Jacob Abel. Island. Getter's Island. Yes. It was getted, not gotted. Yes. <laughs> Continue, please. So who the fuck is Getter? You tell me. I don't That's why we're here. Charles Getter. Okay. Charles. Getter, I hardly know her. Air. But I'm... We don't have sound effects for the episode. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> Charles Getter. He was a farmhand working for a family in Easton, PA. He seemed like a normal run-of-the-mill dude. He worked all day, and at night he was out chasing some tail. Like you do. Aren't we all? Wah, wah. Let me mention it was the 1830s, so what else was there to do? One skirt in particular. <laughs> One skirt. <laughs> Is the reason why we have this story. Okay. Margaret Lowell, sometimes referred to as Rebecca, which I guess Rebecca is a like nickname for Margaret. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, Peggy is short for Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I, so different articles said Margaret. Different articles said Rebecca. Verdict is still out either Some way. Some white lady. Yes. 100%. There it is. Some white lady, Margaret, Rebecca, Karen, etc. <laughs> Becky, yeah, whatever she was. Whoever. Charles had been fooling around with her. Mm -hmm. Getting and while Becky this, from Becky? Yeah. And while the situation was a real friends with benefits for him, <laughs> Margaret had caught feelings mm. and a baby. Oh! oh! She got 
got a baby. <laughs> right in the baby hole. <laughs> That's where you catch them. Hello? Do you catch them or do you throw them? Well, one, I guess one person throws them and the other person catches them, right? Aw, is that a partnership? <laughs> it's, it's whatever Eagle God wants it to be. No. Won't he no. do it? Won't he do it? He did it. And in this story, God's timing is always <laughs> not always right. It's not always right. In 1833, Margaret made it known to Charles and basically the whole fucking town, small town vibes, you know, the whole island that she was. They're not on the island. No, they're not yet. No, they're not on. Nothing's happening on the. They're Where, in are they Easton. in Pennsylvania? OK, they're, they're in, in Easton. Easton. I, 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 got it, got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank no you. one of importance is in Jersey. So just, <laughs> just nothing like, important just happens wipe in Jersey. Just that off the map. Just I wish I had a slide for that. I don't. Just here. We're going to focus on right there. <laughs> I'm glad you like this bit. I was really excited about it. I texted Mary Angela. I was like, do you have a laser have pointer? A laser pointer? <laughs> she said, the laser pointer, Mary she Angela. said, got She's you. Like, you know I do. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Angela. Where was I? You were in Easton on the left I side of I was in the Easton. <laughs> and she called Maury. And she was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> she was like, do the DNA test, Maury. Do the DNA Charles. You are the father. Of course he is. She was like, Charles. He ran. The cameraman chased him. It was the whole thing. And right. then he, Yes. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yes. She was like, um, I'm pregnant. You're the father. And you better believe I'm keeping it, buddy. Now, I'll remind you, it's 18, 1833. So having a baby out of wedlock is a big no, no. It's a big deal. No, no. Sure. Do not do it. In fact, it was a full-on crime. It was known at the time as a crime of character. Okay, sure. I'm not, I wish I was like, I'm not making it up. It's a crime of character. They're very different. You got someone pregnant? (laughs) Yes. How did that happen? Man, I sure have tried. (laughs) I sure have tried. Multiple people wooed at that. How many people have you tried to get How pregnant in this room? How many people in this room, right, am I trying to get pregnant? Be careful because Getter's Island is coming it's for right you. It's right there. It's coming for you. Full-on crime known as a crime of character or, as I read in the Allentown Democrat, the Allentown Democrat, <laughs> you're laughing because of the name. I'm not even getting started. I am laughing because of the name. It was an article from the 1800s, uh, which is where I got most of my sources from two actual news articles that were from printed the in the time from the 1800s. Okay, cool. This is fact. Now, this might have been fake news for the 1800s, but us in 2021, hey how man, am I the, to know? the winner is who writes history, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that what they say? <laughs> Thank you. So apparently he agrees this, with me. I, well, there is no winner in this story. I'll get to it. I'm ready. In the Allentown Democrat, this crime was also known as a crime of a trifling character. Ooh, she trifling. Which I like a lot better. Charles was then faced with two choices. Marry Margaret or go straight to jail. Ooh. Right? You, you act like it's a hard decision. He married the bride. I was going to say, I don't know Margaret. Maybe it was a hard decision. Well, get ready. That's what she said, literally. She well, was like, get ready, Mr. 
Get her. Charles, yeah, there you go. Get her. Well, get, her get ready, done. Margaret. He reluctantly married her, but he wouldn't shut up about his reluctance. How he- <laughs> He's like, don't forget, I did not want to do this. Yes, 5,000%. <laughs> he said he didn't care for her. He didn't want to marry her. And he was telling everyone he could that the real love of his life was a woman named Mary Hummer. Ooh. Why do you think they called her that? Hey. Right? This is why we do the show alone. Hummer, I hardly know her. <laughs> apparently, he was in love with Mary Hummer, which uh, apparently was news to Mary when she heard of it. She was like, "Who's he?" She's like, "Who's he?" And now, he's like, my name's Charles. We went to school together. She's like, "I don't know you. Keep please." Uh. Now, I read two different accounts. One account said that Mary was like, "I don't know her," and another account said that they were in a relationship and that Charles had proposed to Mary, but he fucked Margaret and got Margaret pregnant. So, like, so honestly, didn't, Charles, didn't like, it well, sounds like I guess. No, it didn't go according to plan. Sure. According to God's plan, because well, what do do none of this went according to God's plan. Unless God is a different God than we hey think man, he is. Hey, man, won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> I'm going to go with the tale that she didn't know him. Now, from a different article in the Adams Sentinel, which is a newspaper based in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which everyone here is aware of that town, but for those who are listening now, it is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, historic town. It's blah, where blah, the address was, right? Who's? Lincoln's famous Gettys- Gettysburg address? Was mm-hmm. it not in Gettysburg? It was. Okay, thank you. I know. I just wanted to make you say it again. The day after the wedding, he made an inquiry of the Justice of the Peace of whether he could get a divorce from his wife. The day after the wedding. Damn. Can I get a divorce? The Justice of the Peace was like, no. No, you can't. He then told several individuals that he never would live with his wife, that he loved Mary Hummer so. And he requested of a neighbor not to tell Mary of his marriage, that he wished to tell her himself. Because I guess that makes it better. At least she didn't find out through Facebook. (laughs) Which I have had happen to Charles me. Getter, it's complicated. <laughs> Charles Getter in a relationship. And it's complicated. But the person that he's in a relationship with is like blocked from you because you it's grayed <laughs> out. You can't click on it because she blocked you. Ooh, Some hits. of you have experienced that. It I was very quiet. We chuckle. all realized that is a I know that experience chuckle. That's what that chuckle We've all been there. Now, to several individuals, he said he would have Mary Hummer. If he had to walk over Pence to get her, he would have her for a wife. Girl, won't we all? You want Mary Hummer for a wife? We're all going to get that Hummer, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You can only hope. He's with me. (laughs) Thank you. To one friend, he said that he would be clear of his wife in less than three weeks. Eric, next slide, please. 
Eric, next slide. Scratch that. <laughs> next slide, please. To another, he said he would be rid of her in one week. <laughs> next slide. Scratch that. And to another, he said, but I wish she were dead. Margaret, a.k.a. Rebecca. Do y'all like my PowerPoint? I love it. <laughs> I love this PowerPoint. Too bad we're doing an audio podcast and everyone who's listening cannot see the sight gag that I just did. You better subscribe to that Patreon there you if you're go. not here tonight. That's the only other way to watch this whole video. I want to give a huge thanks to Eric for making this possible. To a neighbor who was teasing him later upon the possibility of his having a family in such a short time, he said, nah, I won't be a daddy. John. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, right? That's what I said. That's my partner who said that. John, you will see that I won't be a daddy. Now, all of these conversations we were talking about Three weeks, one week, honestly, I wish she was dead. He had these conversations in German, hoping that people would not understand what he was saying. Then who was he talking to? His friends who ratted on him. He was just speaking him. in German. They're like, look, <laughs> look, Charles, I don't speak German, but I hear, you know, Gestugenflugen wife dead. Like, I get the Like, the I understand. Gist, but, like, I'm not with you. If you're asking me to help you out, I got nothing. Maybe. That might have been. And then there was someone in the corner, like, taking all of every word down. Ash like, oh, gosh, gosh, murder wife. Said. He said. So, he was talking mad shit about his now wife and mother of his child. Let's not forget that the woman is pregnant with yeah, his Yeah, I was like, at this baby. point, is she still, in the story, is she still pregnant or she had the baby yet? She is still pregnant. Okay. So, again, this, it's not, there's not a question of, did he get her pregnant? He got her pregnant. She pregnant. But he didn't want to own up to it. And the judge was like, you can either marry her or you can go to jail. And he's like, I guess I'll fucking marry her. But they never lived together in the same house. And he told everyone from the day after the wedding, he was like, can I get a divorce? No. Great. I'm going to find a way to be rid of her in three weeks. JK, I'm going to get one rid of her in week. one week. JK, girl, she JK, already JK, I really wish she was dead. That's how fast this happened. Margaret was married to Charles. Margaret, a.k.a. Rebecca, was married to Charles for 10 days. And then she woke up dead. <laughs> I love that I knew it. From the same Sam Adams, same Adam. Try one more time. Same Adams Sentinel article. It looks like Sam Adams when I'm reading it. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> When she was found dead some hundred yards from her residence, her body was discovered in a field a few rods from the public road, lying on the back, the comb crushed to pieces, hair disheveled, eyes the in... The cherrywood comb for the horse? No, that was, no, it was from a the 1700s. It, it, was was oh. it was a different comb. It was a different comb. This might be. I'm sorry. Not the same comb. I was like, damn, that comb got around. That'd be crazy. I, the story is about the comb, not the dead woman. It was always, it's always about the been the It's comb. all about the journey of oh the Oh, my comb. God. Hold on. Yes, Charlie, question. Many yards away, I think yeah. she said. Well, it's Clean the shit out of your ears, Charlie. <laughs> 
Sorry, please continue. Yards away, comb unrelated to the cherry. Unrelated, but broken. A different comb. Hair disheveled because the comb was broken. (laughs) (laughs) Eyes and tongue partially protruded. (laughs) Damn. Face livid and the indentation of a thumb of the right hand on the throat and the fingers of a right hand on the back of the neck. Ooh, that girl got fucked up is what you're telling me. Yes. To death. (laughs) Fucked up to death. Eric, next slide, please. Cue everyone... Looking at Charles. (laughs) 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 Do you like it? Something like this. They all made one of these faces. (laughs) I think I would have made this one personally. That one's me. See, I think I'm the girl in the car seat. You're in the car seat. Top left. Top left. <laughs> yeah. I feel this slide. Thank you. Uh, so sorry, this is an audio-only podcast for those who are listening. This is hilarious. Trust. Um. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> They've had one. So everyone was like, Charles, the husband did it. He was immediately arrested and told by the officer who arrested him that his wife was murdered and that he was suspected of the murder. Charles evinced no emotion and he said, Is she dead? I to which they all responded. <laughs> he said, is she dead? I haven't seen her since yesterday. When I strangled her. I mean, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen her since yesterday. I haven't seen her since yesterday. Is she dead? And they were like, Charles, you know she's dead. <laughs> because you did it. Margaret and Charles were married for 10 days. And it took the jury. I know, poor. But honestly, though, honestly, (laughs) go ahead, victim blame, Sarah. (laughs) Honestly, what? I guess. (laughs) I guess. Bless her heart. I. I don't know these people. This was the 1800s. I can only assume that this was a situation where homegirl was super into him and he was just not that into her. Yep. And she figured, like, I imagine if condoms existed, she was, like, poking a hole <laughs> in the condoms. Like, sweet Lord Jesus, please just let one, just let one come through. And then it did. And she was like, hallelujah. She's like, this is going to make him love me. This is going to make him love me. No, Margaret, no. Margaret, no, bad move, bad move. And it was a bad move because she died. (laughs) Obviously, They were married for 10 days, and it took the jury 10 minutes (laughs) to find Charles guilty of murder. Good for them. Let's get a round of applause for that jury. He murdered a woman with his bare hands, and... The whole town was in uproar. This <laughs> yeah, was were. Easton, Pennsylvania. This shit never happened. 
They were crazy about it. Charles was sentenced to hang. An excerpt from the transcript of the trial reads as follows. The marriage of Charles Getter and Margaret Lowell was a union commenced in crime, consummated in tears, and determined in blood. <laughs> wow, those are a lot of things. Right? I want that on my headstone. <laughs> now, I'm sure you've all been wondering where the fuck this island plays into this whole story. Yeah. There it is. There we go. Okay, we're all keeping up with me. <laughs> Just one person was curious. That's all we're here for. Well... It's because the island was chosen as the place of his execution. Nice. Now, there is no concrete documentation that outright says why the island was chosen. It had never been used as an execution site before, but it is widely believed that it was chosen due to the size of the spectators. See, Easton was a small town, and a murder like this never happens. Everybody wanted to watch this execution. So when it did, everyone and their mom and their aunt and their old elementary school friends and teachers came out to see what was going on. They didn't have Facebook back then, but all the people that would have been their Facebook friends were, were very they, um, interested. Honestly, this is awful, but I thought about it on a drive today. This was basically... The Gabby Petito of the situation. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah, yeah. That was Too like, soon. Is it? But, like, you know. It's another then. white woman who was married by a man who was supposed to and love her. And they were her, like, hashtag van life. And strangled by a man who was supposed to love her. And thousands of people were suddenly into it. Everybody was like, he strangled her. I want to oh, see my that God. man go down. I want to know what happened. And they put him on an island and did the damn thing. Tell us about it. Well, for Charles, they did. For Brian, he just fucking he killed did himself. himself. Anyways, having the execution on the island meant that people could be on the island and view it, and people could be stationed on the mainland <laughs> nice. and also view it. They were so, like, I've got my binoculars, and I'm going to watch that man die today. Yes. 5,000%. Y'all, this was before TV. What were they? There was no Netflix. No, honestly, I'm like, power what were they doing? Them. Do they it. Had nothing else to do. They were like, he killed this woman. This is crazy. This never happens. You're gonna hang him. I'm not doing anything that Wednesday night. Let's go. <laughs> Just like all of you. Thank you tonight. for coming so much. Thank, <laughs> thank you thank for you being so here. Again, from that's the what the executioner said to everybody. They're like, thank you thank so you much for coming. coming. Thank you for thank being, you being here. here. And the crowd of twenty thousand was like. <laughs> He's like, I'm so used to doing this alone in a room where it's just the two of us and nobody sees it. I appreciate you. I really feel it. Yes. They're like, you need a poncho, sir. <laughs> this is like a Gallagher show. You will get wet. Okay. It is a Please hanging. What poncho. is happening? What's I don't know. I want to imagine it's more like a guillotine. <laughs> it's a guillotine. So I'm like, I'm getting real close. I got to have this poncho on. There might be splatter, you know? And all of a sudden, um, Gallagher comes out. Gallagher comes out with a big hammer. In the 1800s. And he's like, because the man doesn't die. I told Ooh. you about how I saw him in Branson, Missouri once. Well, I was going to say that's just like in uh, Hereditary. No, not Hereditary. The other one, Midsummer. Where, why? 
If you've seen Midsummer, why didn't that old man go head first? That woman went head first and she was done. And the old man went feet first. And they're like, well, this is why we have the ceremonial hammer for the idiots who don't jump head first. Sorry. Anyway, Getter's Island. Getter did not jump head first. So, because something else happened. They were going to hang him. They hung him. Again, from the Allentown Democrat. That's the one. The article said, Easton was crowded with strangers, many of them coming hundreds of miles to witness the execution. Not a bed was to be had in Easton the evening before the hanging, nor a stable for a horse. Sold out. No vacancy. We're all here for the hanging. 100%. When the procession to the scaffold started from the jail to the island, the streets were one dense mass of people. So I imagine it was similar to what Broad and Market Street looked like after the Eagles won the Super Ooh, Bowl. Ooh, y'all remember that when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Packed full of people, people Flipping jumping cars, on onions. climbing on the street like Punching police horses, horses in, the, in face. the face. Yep. That's what was they're happening. They're like, getters getting hung. Ah! I think that's exactly what happened. And they're like, who are the birds? And they don't exist yet. We like birds, sure. The crowd was a pheasant. The crowd was estimated to be around twenty thousand people. Okay. Yeah, right? I'm not joking when I said it was a lot of people. These people had nothing else to focus on. Twenty thousand people came out to Easton, Pennsylvania to sit on what was known as Abel's Island before Charles Getter was hung on it. Abel's Island and then to sit on the mainland and watch this man get hung. Good for them. Yeah. Bad for him. Good for them. Sure. I mean, but he earned it. Charles Getter had requested to be hung using a new method that used weights and pulleys to pull the accused up rather than drop them like a usual hanging. This method supposed to be better. Yes. Okay. This method was called the upright jerker. (laughs) Eric, next slide. I swear to God, it was called the upright jerker. So that's the patent. I'm assuming this is the the patent. This is the actual patent, (laughs) and this is a little little cigarette. (laughs) He's ready to go. Ain't no shit's about to happen. They're like, "What do you like? You know, any last requests?" He's like, "Yeah, give me a fucking cigarette. I'm ready." (laughs) So again, what they would do is you've got the person hung. The noose is around their neck, right? You've got the 750, or in the case of Charles Getter, it was 300 pounds. Once again, the weight is here. And was the weight relative? Yeah. No. No. Honest to God, I have no idea. Okay, okay that's fair. We're going to say maybe. maybe. Is that Charlie again? <laughs> that's enough out of you. He doesn't want to be on the show, but listen but to him. But he has commentary. Listen to him. So <laughs> you'd put the accused in the noose. Your weight would be either here or, you know, here. And then... The sheriff, the whomever, would then cut the cord. Cut the cord. <laughs> you need to cut it. And, and it would did. yank. Oh, no. It would yank the accused up. Now, why was that supposed to be better than dropping? I don't know. Okay. It was the 1800s. I don't know. 
I also like that there's a black box. I know. I was like, is he naked? Is his dick out? What's up with that? I don't know. He wanted to die with a cigarette in his mouth. He's like, look, I want to be blindfolded with my dick out and a cig in my mouth. All right. That's my last. That's how I want to go. That's my final request. I want to die doing what I love. Smoking and masturbating naked while blindfolded. I don't understand what's wrong with this. So, yeah, the premise was instead of being dropped through a trap door, they would then be yanked upward with the idea that the momentum of the weight would then snap their neck as opposed to them being dropped and having their neck snapped. Spoiler alert, it is, it's not. It is not. no more it effective work. than dropping. It's not more efficient. I would uh, imagine, right, it was just like swing you around a little bit. Like, if anything, you're like, you know what? It's not going to be any less painful, but at least I'll put on a show. Like, I just I just want to go out putting been, on a show, man. Honestly, that might have been Charles Getter's <laughs> thoughts. That might have been Charles's thoughts. To everyone else, it was not a more humane method. It was out of production by, like, the 1920s. Which but is like, still way too hum- recent. It wasn't a more humane method. It was just a more interesting one to watch. It took a lot more work. We just, this one was just more fun, you know. I guess that's why we really went for it. So again, while the upright jerker was thought to be a more humane method the because they thought it would snap. Jerker. Isn't that the best name? Uh, they thought it would snap the neck more efficiently. They were wrong. Oh, no. Now, on the day, Charles was fastened into his noose. Cigarette and junk in hand. In hand. JK, no, I don't think he had his junk in his hand. You Uh, don't know. You weren't there. That's very true. When the sheriff swung the axe to release the 300-pound weight and send Charles swinging up to his death, his body did indeed go up and then fell to the ground because the rope broke. Oh, no. Charles got up, stunned. And reportedly, reportedly said, well, that was good for nothing. <laughs> and he stood around for 20 minutes while they reset the whole contraption. To do it the same way? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, I know at least half of our audience are people also in the theater, which you know what it's like to do a thing. Uh, to have to rehearse and again. Rehearse it and then reset it. I did this extravagant. I got a reset. You got a reset. Well, we got to so. reset that 350-pound block. We got to retie this rope. We got to get got, a new rope. We got to get his dick back in his hand. We got to get him a new cigarette. There's a lot of work to be done to reset this shot. Second time's a charm. The axe swung. The 300-pound weight dropped, and Charles Getter was pulled up and out of his body, metaphorically speaking, because he died that time. <laughs> Up to Jesus. Uh, a portion of the rope that was used to hang him is still on display at the Northampton County Historical and Genealogical Society. Eric, next slide, please. There you go. Yeah, I wasn't All fucking right. around. It's still there. It's a tiny bit of rope, but that's a piece of rope. Charles Getter was the last public execution held in Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah, right? This okay. whole this whole story will make you say, huh. Upright jerker, huh. <laughs> Things that make you go, huh. It's like that song. In 1834, public executions were banned 
and all executions moving forward were to be held in private county prisons. Some say the change was made because of just how many people turned out for Charles Getter's execution and the fact that his execution took two tries. God damn. Which is embarrassing in front of 20,000 people. To say the people. least. I assume it, it didn't go off well because their preview night was flawless. <laughs> Well, you know what they say. They say that uh, if your last night preview goes it off goes, without a hitch, it's bad luck. Opening night's going to be bad. But if your last preview goes off and you got a bunch of problems, you're going to have a good opening, opening week night. So, so obviously. Their rehearsal was flawless. Preview night was just perfect. Hmm. Charles died on the island, and his body was taken and buried in a cemetery in Easton. But it's said that Charles never officially left the island. Rumors say Charles can be seen wandering around the island. And and interestingly enough, Charles' murdered wife, Margaret, a.k.a. Rebecca, has been seen wandering around the field where Charles killed her. But that's still in Easton, not on the island. That's in Easton, not on the island. Now, there's also a part of the rumor that says when Charles was executed, he walked down. You know, he he chose to walk from the jail to the ferry to take him to the island and walk from the island to the gallows. And he was wearing all white because I really believe that he was a drama queen. And they say that Margaret, it seems right. Margaret is seen in the field where she was murdered in all black and then Charles is seen on the island in all white. Mm. I mean, you know, take that as you will. Sure. That's fine. People say they see movement on the island when they are on the mainland. So they'll be looking from the mainland onto the island and see people moving in the shadows, see shadows and things in the distance. Some people report a dark, ominous feeling when they're near or on the island. The feeling of being watched, which is very common in areas. So they say that Charles is still there. Now, life goes on for the island, not for Charles or Margaret, obviously. Because they're dead. Because they're dead. And a few years after the execution of Charles, the island was sold to a lumber company who installed a mill there. And at the southern end of the island was a dam that was built, and it created a pool of water that was used by kids for swimming. So overall, the island was kind of cool. In the 1920s, the lumber mill burned down to the ground and And fell into the swamp. swamp. Mm -hmm. Called it. I don't think they get it like we get it. It's a Monty Python, it's Monty Python reference. Python. Yep, silence. It's All okay. right. <laughs> They're like, you fucking nerds. <laughs> the lumber company sold the island to a Dr. Leo Caracola, who had big plans. Don't we all? In the 1940s, Dr. Caracola built a bridge out to the island from the mainland, and his plan was to then build a theme park on the island. Ooh! The theme park was going to be creatively named Tropical Island. (laughs) Execution Station. (sighs) We wish. See, that one went off way better than the other one. That's way more appropriate. Than Tropical Island. But, I mean, you know, you want kids... But our good old doctor must have forgotten that we are, in fact, not in any sort of a tropical climate. We are in the northeast corner of the United States. Shocking. And his little theme park never came to fruition because it kept getting flooded. Ah. (laughs) You guys have such pity. That's so sweet. Like you wanted to go to Tropical Island. Six acres, really? 
The current, uh, the island sat desolate, exchanging owners until it fell into the hands of the Heilman family. The current owner, Lee Heilman, whose family has now owned the island for over 70 years, recalls as a child being afraid, saying, a certain chill went through your body when you went on the island. The island went up for sale in 2018 for $150,000. That's it. But no one bought it. No one bought it. It was taken off the market in 2020. But it has recently been put back on the market. Oh, anybody in the anybody in the market for an island right now? Eric, next slide, please. For only two hundred thousand dollars, you can have your own. Hey, island. Dildo and Realtor.com. Own Haunted Island in Easton, Pennsylvania. Now, I want to take a second. I want to focus on the Zillow listing right here. <laughs> Number one, it's written in all caps. It has 33 saves. Some people are like, you know what? I'm thinking about it. 30 days. 1,300 views. 33 saves. Get ready. The famous Getters Island is back on the market. Famous for its rich history and is said to be Easton's third, third most haunted place. Third, third most haunted. I love how specific that is. They're like, it's not the most haunted. It's not the second most haunted. Third. But it is easily the third most haunted place in Easton. That's why it's only $200,000. Oh, yes. Research states there was an amusement as well as a lumberyard. Not an amusement park, just an amusement as well as a lumber yard on the island. However, it is most famous for a hanging that took place in the 1830s, the hanging of Charles Getters, hence the name Getters Island. All hangings were held in Center Square, but due to the circumstances of this murder, it was done on the island so it could be viewed by more of the public. Great for private campouts, water enjoyment, etc. Local historian Frank Whelan has a great article posted on the WFMZ News website under history headlines. So who's brave enough to take over the reins of this lush 5.8, not 6, acre island? Documents attached. I mean, honestly, if I had $200,000 to throw away at an island, me. Especially an island that at one point had an amusement. It's great for private campouts. Private campouts, water enjoyment, etc. I'm down. So what do you think? Who's brave enough to take over the reins of this lush 5.8 acre island? Getters Island in Easton, Pennsylvania. Contact the agent on Zillow. Let her know. All right there. Zillow or Realtor.com. Or on Realtor.com. And that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. That was excellent. Thank you so much. So we're going to move into the last segment. So I'm going to tell my story today. Stephanie. Hooray. What are you talking about this week? Eric, next slide. So I'm talking about the worst year to be alive, according to science. 
Uh, I will say that my images are not as necessarily like specific to my slide uh, as Sarah's are. I used Canva, so I just made like really cool looking slides. Hers looks beautiful. Mine so looks really like aesthetically a... pleasing, but it isn't really necessarily fitting to what I'm talking about. But here we go. Uh, next slide, please. Right, hey! it's a party. So, the worst year ever, right? Who's got some guesses? Right now. As to the worst year to be alive. Go ahead. 2001? 15? 32? 1928? Anybody else? 41492. 41492. Four, four, just 1492. Okay, 1492. Whatever you just said. Came to that conclusion, and I'm going to explain to you how that they did. But here's some highlights: there were volcanic eruptions, primarily around Iceland, that caused globally catastrophic weather conditions. Sound familiar? Love it, right? We have multiple plagues and widespread famine. Sound familiar? So a little bit of a content warning because I'm going to describe the bodies and the things that happened to them. So if you Sound don't want to familiar, that, right? We've got civil unrest and we have effects that lasted decades. Next slide, please. Oh, so on it. the volcanic eruption we talked about, that's in Iceland. There was a fog of volcanic ash that covered the planet in darkness for 18 months. Now, when I'm talking about darkness, there was like four hours of light a day. It was dark all the time. It was like Alaska. Every day. Like a lot, it was like that movie 30 Days of Night with Josh Hartnett, except there were no vampires and it was 18 months. You gotta do that on <laughs> I've seen it. I haven't seen it. I don't know it. It's a okay, movie well, where which describe it on great, I've seen it. It's a great concept because it's 30 days, it's, it's nighttime for 30 days. We, we all know that vampires only come out at night, so they're not you know, held to the trouble of only coming out at nighttime because there's 30 days of night. But so that's, that's beside the point. This is, is going to tell that months on, of I night. seen it. I seen it in some of our bonus content, which you can find which on our Which you Patreon. heard earlier com. from Mary Angela. It's from our Patreon. We have bonus $10, $5 a month. You get this extra episode once a month where Stephanie tells me a story about a movie such as... Well, you know what? Next month, it's going to be 30 days of night. Now I have to watch that movie so I can tell you about it. Um, March... 30 days a night. 30 Get days ready. a night. Temperatures dropped drastically across the globe. So literally the entire planet was covered with this fog of volcanic ash. It was absolutely everywhere. Surrounded the entire planet. Temperatures dropped. There's no sun. People thought the sun was never coming back. Our God has left right? us. It's like I laugh when I say, but I'm also like, Jesus Christ, that's fucking it's terrifying. terrifying. That's so and they scary. didn't even have the internet to keep them. And they didn't even have the internet. They literally, they had executions on Getters Island. And Not they even. We're jerking Not off even. all day, and that was all they got. They that were was jerking it. off, smoking cigarettes, getting hung. So this, and you know, this cloud what? of volcanic ash that covered the planet, it resulted in massive crop failure and widespread famine for the next several years. And when I say several, some parts of the planet were affected for decades, and some were affected for over a century. It was fucked. 
Oh, he already went to the next one. All right, cool. He's on it. Byzantine Plague. So this was the first appearance of what we now know as the bubonic plague. Gross. Popped its little nasty... It's gross. Bubos head. Gross. In 530. Get out of here. We got another plague to deal with. So, Bubos. Bubos are symptoms that started with postules on the hands, but would quickly spread all over the body. Don't touch me. Uh, If that was happening today, we would probably have a Dr. Bubos popper. I would be subscribed to Dr. Bubos popper on Instagram. I but their whole body. I hate it. I hate starts it. Starts on the hand with the boobos. I also just huh? like that word. Boobos. Uh, which is the bubonic plague. That's where that we comes from. We should make from. a Patreon level called the boobos. <laughs> boobos. So, <laughs> boobos. So it would start on the hands. It would quickly spread. It would cover the entire body. They would seep these Bleh. postules. <laughs> it gets worse. City stink. Does it? Oh. I saw city stink. City Bleh. stink. Thousands of people in Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. Istanbul. It was Constantinople. Constantinople. Not, a, not Istanbul. Constantinople. It was Istanbul. But now it's Constantinople. But anyway, uh, thousands of people in Constantinople were dying every day. They were running out of room to bury the bodies, and they began hurling them into the sea. Sounds like 2020. We're talking tens of thousands of people. Sounds like 2020. A day. And they literally were running out of room to put all these bodies and they were just throwing them into the ocean. And then they would wash back up. They were yeeting yeeting them into the ocean and they were skirting back up. They were just washing back up. Yeet. Skirt. Yeet. Skirt. I never loved loved you. you Yeah, it was like that. And you like saying it to your mom as your mom is skirting back up. She's skirting back away. You never loved me, mom. Anyway. So. Pushed her back out of the ocean. Emperor Justinian. He was Justinian the first. Um, I would Justinian away from this. I would Justinian the fuck out. So Emperor Justinian ordered dead bodies to be carted out of the city, which actually further spread the (laughs) disease. Hey, you know what you should do? You should take this body. Go take it to your Aunt Mildred. Two Put it on over. the cart. Yeet it out of here. Yeet it out of here. Take so, it over there. They're out of places to bury bodies. They're throwing them in the ocean. They're washing back up. So Justinian is like, you know what? Throw them on a cart. Take them out into the suburbs. Get them out to Delco. It's whatever. <laughs> they're not going to care. But in his doing so, he actually spread the disease. So he actually made it what? worse. Oh, my God. All these bodies. No. And taking them even further. So that caused people to start calling it the Justinian Plague. Well, after the emperor, um, his legacy became spreading this horrible death across his country. Sounds like he Justinian deserved it. He Justinian. He got his Justinian deserves. So it actually And that's the name of the episode. It actually worsened under his instruction. The plague also became known as the Justinian plague. Over 50 million lives were lost. That was estimated to be 35 to 55% of the entire population. That is if we compare it to again we are in a plague and a pandemic right now. We can't argue why this isn't relevant. Sure. That is just what we have lost is such a minor fraction compared to that number. Oh, we're not done. <gasps> this is just this area of the this world. Is, this is Justinian the beginning. This is Justinian the beginning. <laughs> and this was considered to be 
this was the nail in the coffin of the Roman Empire, right? So Justinian so it was wasn't one of the built last... in a day, but it was killed in a nail. <laughs> it was killed in a day. Um, no, those are Scottish people that were killed. Um, but Justinian, he was the last like great emperor of of Rome. Was he um, Roman technically fallen under like Nero, but this was like the nail in the coffin. Like everybody who was in the Roman Empire is now dying of the plague. It's like, it's like they <coughs> fucked. <coughs> <coughs> It was just like that. <laughs> yes. Next slide, please. I'm, I'm vaccinated. So it didn't, it affected, like I said, the entire world. So it also affected China and Mesopotamia. In China, they saw summer snowfall. So not only were they covered in the vast amounts of volcanic ash, they were seeing frost everywhere by the middle of the summer and snow started by August. So it was already snowing in China. So their summer crops died uh, tons and tons of famine. Um, Shinshu, which was a major city at the time, they lost all of their crops. They suffered a two-year famine that resulted in the death of approximately 70 to 80% of the city's population. What the fuck? That's everyone. That's, that's, that's everyone. That's basically everyone. Everyone dies. That is dies. everyone. Basically, yes. That is everyone. Next slide, please. So this area of time is referred to as the late antique Little Ice Age, which sounds precious. I like that uh, Rita's water ice skeleton you got going on. (laughs) Rita's water ice. His his teeth are so red because he was eating cherry water ice. Did he have all the cherry water ice, or did he have the Swedish fish flavored water ice? Both. He had Swedish fish and the red flavored. Yeah, you get it. So the late antique Little Ice Age, the effects of the 536, that was the year 536 eruption, they were compounded by more eruptions in 540 and 547. It took a long time for the Northern Hemisphere to recover. Beginning in the spring of 536, it lasted in the Western Europe until 660 and lasted until about 680 in over Central Asia. Over 100 years. Yes, the effects lasted for over 100 years. So how did scientists reach this conclusion that this was the worst year ever? What were they looking for? Science. They were looking for science. Science. This was specifically discovered and this decision was made by scientists. When they were like, our lives are the worst of all. There's no way they couldn't be worser. So they they came came to this conclusion in like 2012. They came to this conclusion well before 2020. I want to put that out there. But it was still 2012 is still recent. Yes. Compared that is to 536? Ian. Yes. <laughs> sure. Okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> why that noise? Because I feel sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> so how did they come per to this conclusion? Usual. So they weren't looking to find the worst year. This study, uh, they were actually looking at coin usage, the history of coin usage in humanity and civilizations. Discoveries were made when scientists were studying coin usage in the 7th century, so the 600s, right? Abnormally high amounts of lead in ice rings, which came from the volcanic eruptions from uh, Iceland, 
those uh, amounts of leads in the ice ring and the slow developments in tree rings, right? We all learned as kids, like, you can cut out a chunk of the tree and the rings will tell you how old it is, right? When they were looking at these really old trees and the rings in them, they can see, like, how they grew over time. And there were these years where the rings were really short because they didn't grow very much because it was cold and they didn't have the sun. That led them to study and see that they were like, oh, they didn't grow very much that year because there was no sun because of this crazy volcanic storm that literally affected the entire planet. Absolutely uh, wild. Yeah. When did it get yet better? Never. By the year 700. A hundred and like. A hundred and sixty some odd years later, right? Because we're starting in 536. They're like, oh, shit got back to normal by the year 700. So if any of you were wondering when we were going to get back to normal, not in your lifetime. Right? <laughs> Don't say that. Yay! So by the so year 700, <laughs> a new normal, quote unquote, had developed. Historians, how did they discover? How did they say a new normal came in? They had a Google Doc. Well, historians discovered an influx of silver. A few people like that joke. A few people. <laughs> like three people like that joke a lot. Um, historians found an influx one. in silver in the use of silver coins, meaning that the economy had bounced back. Boo, capitalism. Boo. So, <laughs> I like that you all came with me on that. So basically, um, the fact that there were coins that were being made again in the 700s and those coins had more silver rather than lead or whatever other metals they were using, that showed that the economy had bounced back. So people were back. They were making money. They were circulating that money. That's what led them to believe, like, okay, by this year, things were kind of normal again. Next slide, please. Thank you for listening. All right, okay. Things will never get better. They'll always be awful. So 2020 was tough. But we, as far as I know, we just had the one pandemic. We just had the one plague. But volcanoes going off. There's plague. There's famine. There's fucking plants dying. There's volcanic ash everywhere. Science has declared that the year 536 AD was the worst year to be alive Maybe 2020 gave it a run for its money. I don't know. I'm still here and doing relatively, <laughs> relatively true. okay. But that's it, man. But at least we're not in 536. We're not in 536. We're in 2022. We're in 2022. Recording our 200, 200 episodes. episodes. And we're not dead. Yeah. So I want to thank you all so much for coming to the live episode of Dead Time Stories. That's the end of our content. The end of our content. Thank you all so, so, so much for coming. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank Thank you you for listening. Thank you to Frankie Bradley. Thank you to the space. Thank you to everyone. Please... Pay and tip your bartenders an, a stupid amount. A stupid amount. We were we are a small crowd, but we, we are, are mighty. We are a small crowd, but we are mighty, and we are so thankful that all of you showed up. It could not mean more to us. We've been planning this since episode 100, which was two years ago, and now this is episode 200. We are so excited. We're so thankful. Um, I mean, I don't. I. I. There's so many things that I want to say. 
Uh, big. Uh, it feels like my Academy Awards speech. I'm so sorry. I want to thank the Academy. You I like want to thank. You really I want to thank all my like friends. Me. I want to thank everyone. Who's there. I want to thank Charlie, my partner, who's very loud on this episode, who then also refuses to be actually on an episode, but he just likes to yell in the background. I really there he is. That's him. I uh, I really want to thank Val, 70s partner, who's amazing and working the door for us. And has also been amazing and been a guest since day one. It cannot go without enough mention to say thank you so much to the man behind the curtain. Thank you, Eric. Eric, we literally could not do this show to this caliber without you. Uh, We are so thankful for everything that you do. We are so thankful for the effort that you put in. Eric created our intro, our outro music, the guest Toberfest audio you've heard. Most things Eric has created without us asking. He just did it. And we are so, so thankful. Woo! Give him a big applause. And then again, not behind the curtain, but in front of the audience and is in our second place for that number one spot, Mary Angela. We could not. <laughs> Thank Mary Angela enough for also letting us come into her humble abode and be our loud, obnoxious selves and record this episode without her. Mary Angela and Eric have been by our side since day one, and we could not do this without them. And we are so, so thankful for them. We're thankful for them. Uh, I got Charlie, I got Val, and then last but certainly not at all least in any measure is Christina. Christina won our number one spot, and that's because Christina also makes bonus content for us. She makes bonus content. If you didn't know, she makes amazing merch. We've she got makes a merch, merch table over there. We've got some stickers. We've got some totes. We've got some mugs. You can go to our website, deadtimestories.com. Deadtimestories with a Z. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We're there. Uh, Email us. We're very sociable people. We have a Patreon. But yes, ghost dicks. Tell the people we're into ghost dicks. Send us a picture of your dick if it's dressed up as a ghost. We're into it. I want to thank Frankie Bradley's for having us. Thank you so much, Frankie Bradley. I want to thank Sarah for 200 episodes. We did it. I want to thank you all for coming tonight and everybody at home. Thank you for listening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Play that outro. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.